0: The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language.
1: Dude, we're getting the
0: band back together. You're the one who sets the
1: bar, Hello and welcome the to another episode of The Other Wrestling Show. My name is Joel and I'm here as always with Mike and we are going to recap the week that was in All Elite Wrestling Dynamite. Before we get into calling the
0: action, Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. It's been a uh a long week. Like I literally thought today was Friday. Um, like legit. I was like, Oh, okay. Tomorrow's Saturday. You know, I don't have to worry about anything. And then I got a meeting request for tomorrow. I'm like, I'm not doing a meeting on Saturday. And then it took me a second to realize that tomorrow's Friday. Um, so that should tell you everything about my mental state right now, but I'm doing good. Uh, to give you a little peek into my world. I finally ordered a new mattress. Like, the same I've been using the same mattress for like the last seven years and it was my uncle's that he bought in two thousand three. Oh god. So yeah. And it's been good up until maybe the last year or so. And I don't know if it's like just being a little more inactive in quarantine, but my back has just been killing me. So I got one of those ones that they ship in the box, and it's currently inflating right now. So hopefully it is ready for uh tonight where I can finally hopefully have a Good night of sleep, so I can't wait. I, I. It seems like a weird thing to talk about in the how are you section, but it's literally the best news I think I've gotten in the last two. Ah, scratch that. It's in the top five of my last week or so. So, um, pretty happy about that. And I feel like a mattress, like it's it's an underrated massive purchase. Like, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, and like I've just I've never bought my own mattress before. I've always used like. Hand me downs or old ones, Um, so it felt kind of nice to like take it out of the box today and and set it up and and I can't wait to I can't wait to sleep. I feel like that's a that should be a bumper sticker or you know (laughs) of quarantine. The catchphrase is I'm just ready to sleep and (laughs) the hours. I can't I can't wait to three in the morning when I finally fall asleep tonight. Let me just say that.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm happy for you. It is a big deal. I mean, I. I think it takes a while to care about your mattress like growing up and stuff like I never cared at all and even throughout college when you're on those you know really crappy dorm room mattresses mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter and then you know you become an adult and you go a few more years and it's like this mattress sucks my back hurts I need a new one and that's how you know you're
0: getting old if that's the sign that I'm adult then hell yeah I'm ready to take on the fucking world. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me earlier? like from going through shit the last seven years, if you told me all it took was a matches for me to finally grow up, I could have stock or something by now. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, buddy? <laughs> oh, you know, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm hanging in. It's uh
1: I think it's, you know, as we're kind of starting to see alleged signs of a uh, meat scarcity. I'm glad that my wife and I eat mostly vegetarian because, you know, we're already prepared. We, we know what recipes we like. So, you know, when the day comes that I go to the store and we can't find chicken because, you know, all of the meat plants have had to shut down, uh, then, you know, we'll be there. We'll be ready. It'll be fine. Um, so cooking a lot. And, uh, you know, things are just moving along. Nothing really new to report. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Time. Time time stand still
1: <laughs> time passes and you know it's it's another week I, I i look forward to watching dynamite every week it's kind of like my 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 tent pole
0: event uh Yo, every event
1: so uh, i i was just yeah.
0: talking to uh I had I, my nutritionist hard to lie to her i can't lie to my mom i can't lie to my nutritionist that is interesting i don't know what it says about my nutritionist but uh we were talking about because I told her last time, like, oh, I've been doing podcasting and and trying to get into some of that stuff to pass the time and and stress release. And she asked about it today. I'm like, well, let me tell you about last night's episode of wrestling. And and <laughs> the call only went on four or five more minutes. So I could tell she was not that interested. But it really is. It, it's it's my it's what I look forward to most in the week is is watching dynamite and and getting to talk about it with a uh, you, you fine gentleman and next week will be our 20th published episode dude so we're on the cusp of an anniversary it's exciting i know who thought we would do 20 episodes i mean
1: i i I, thought we would um i I thought we would do like either you
0: know lots and lots of episodes or like five (laughs) (laughs) We're, we're pot committed now we can't we can't get out of it
1: <laughs> right exactly i mean there's there's a, a sunk cost here that's going to keep bringing us back so
0: <laughs> oh yeah i need at least another 40 episodes to feel really comfortable with the amount of money that i've spent on this fucking equipment <laughs> so um you know it's not behringer so at least we know it's good but um it's something that uh you know we, ha- we have to use so we might as well keep doing it so hey joel why don't you uh tell us about what happened on dynamite tonight the dynamite that was. All right.
1: Well, Dynamite returned to live television this week and kicked off with a match between Cody Rhodes and Joey Janela, Cody going over with a pinfall victory there. There was then a video package highlighting the women's division and the different stars that have been coming up during this time of of quarantine with the the women's champion being absent. This was followed by Nyla Rose's return to action against Kenzie Page, getting the easy pinfall victory there. MJF returned to cut a promo in a, a pre-taped segment. And uh, then we got, followed that up with a Sean Spears promo. And then MJF and Spears were interviewed by Tony Schiavone. This was followed by Frankie Kazarian and John Moxley in a singles match. Moxley getting the pinfall victory there. After the match, Moxley was ambushed by members of the Dark Order, and Brody Lee came out to cut a promo of his own. This was followed by a uh, promo on video, a pre-tape promo from Brandy Rhodes, calling out uh, Lance Archer and specifically Jake the Snake Roberts prior to the match between QT Marshall and Lance Archer, Archer going over via pinfall in that affair. Darby Allen was then briefly interviewed by Taz, this did not go over very well, (laughs) and then the main event, Lissex Gods, the team of Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara, versus the team of Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega. Lissex Gods going over via pinfall in that no-holds-barred street fight Falls Count Anywhere match. And uh, why don't we start right there with that main event in Stock Up, Stock Down.
0: Stock Up, Stock Down. So, dude, what what did you think (laughs) of this match? Um, We described last week's uh, No Disqualification Tag Team match as just pure chaos. And Jericho, Sammy, Matt Hardy, and Kenny Omega were like, hold our beers, hold our bubbly, Hold our nutritious drinks, whatever it is they were drinking, because this was insane. (laughs) This was freaking nuts. Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, according to Kenny Omega's Twitter, it's hold my Coke zero. Um, (laughs) There we go. Um, Good to know. Good to know from Kenny exactly what this was. There was so much going on in this match. And usually sometimes I would be like, ah, there's so much going on. But I loved almost everything about this match. I loved Matt Hardy switching characters and outfits throughout the match. Yeah, I think I think my favorite was him coming
1: out of the ice box in different (laughs) gear. So the the sequence, if you didn't watch it, uh, Matt gets blasted in the head with a 20 pound bag of ice, courtesy of Chris Jericho. And then Jericho and other members of the inner circle stuffed Matt Hardy into an ice chest, high school bully style. And then the match continues and a few minutes later, we come back to that ice chest and climbing out of it is Matt Hardy in different gear and a different character. Fantastic stuff. He,
0: he touched three characters tonight, right? He came out as basically AW's broken Matt. Then he, he got knocked out in the tunnel, came back like full team extreme gear with the big pants and everything. Um oh, yeah, Jinko Jeans for Life. Jinko jeans, yeah. And then he did a ladder spot, which was pretty sweet in that moment too. And then he came out as what Damascus at the end? Like they that they I referenced think he that was on, Damascus on the Damascus
1: first, and then he came out as the broken? You know, the more broken Matt Hardy like classic, if you will.
0: <laughs> and, and what I loved is that he wrestled a little differently with, with each each character. He moved differently, he, he reacted to things differently, like it was just so. It was it, when he changed the first time. I really thought, I'm like, man, is he gonna do this multiple times? It's like when Mick Foley entered the Royal Rumble three times.
1: I was just about <laughs> to bring up the three faces. Foley. I mean, it it really is impressive to me that Matt is able to so seamlessly transition between these different characters, and to your point, make them feel distinct from one another. You know, they didn't feel like it's just Matt Hardy in different clothes you know, kind of styled a little differently. He did. He used different moves. He moved around differently and he sold differently. I think my favorite sequence uh, of this whole match, uh, apart from the ice chest, which was just fantastic, (laughs) was him driving along on the gator, chasing down Sammy Guevara (laughs) with his hair streaming out behind him, looking like Dr. Wily from Mega Man.
0: Oh, my God. One of my buddies texted me around 9.55 last night. You, you met him, Chris, Chris Kenny. And he messaged me. He's like, so how's Dynamite going? I'm like, Matt Hardy just hit uh, Jericho with a golf cart. He's like, what? I'm like, Matt Hardy just ran over Sammy Guevara. He's like, what? <laughs> like, And Matt props to Sammy for taking
1: that bump. He made yeah. that look so... So good. It it reminded me of some of the the spots that I've seen the stunt guys do on these fight videos that they're all posting right now. Uh, it really really cool, and it it just looked amazing. And props to him because I'm yes. sure
0: that didn't feel good. Oh my god, I was legit weird. I'm like holy shit, did, did they messed that up. Like, did Sammy literally just get run over by a car? Like, I, oh man, it was it was insane and. It just everything they did it just got a little bigger. And one of my favorite low key spots in the night was <laughs> Jericho hit Kenny with a cone, and then the cleaner picked up a floor's wet sign and hit him with it.
1: <laughs> like, not not just hit him with it's it, just so broke good. it over his back. I mean, there were shards of yellow plastic going everywhere yeah. Yeah. when Kenny hit him. I mean, it was brutal. And, and I loved in the, in part of that same sequence, yeah. Jericho put the cone on his head and then gave us a witch's cackle. Like he was in the Wizard of Oz. I mean, it was this match was nuts and just so much fun. It was just it was pure sugar the entire
0: time. Oh, and then another and, thing when they were near the ice box, <laughs> like Kenny just wailing on them with the trash can. Those are the most stiff trash can shots I've ever seen. Yeah, like,
1: <laughs> yeah, he really blasted them
0: so and then you, you see mean, sammy it's... he like tapped him on the head with it like later in the match I'm like sammy you need a little more force with the the trash can there he like just kind of booped him on the head with it but like i feel like we're missing stuff because this match was oh or like sammy threw kenny into an atm machine and then took some hundreds out of it <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's just so damn good well, so damn and, good and
1: man. there was the the um Kenny threw that moonsault. I mean. Oh, yeah. Off the spider lift or scissor lift. Yeah, that um, was fantastic. I mean, clean, there, there, you could have had 10 lift. different nominees for spot of the night out of this match.
0: I mean, it just mm-hmm. it was a spectacle. Yeah, if you thought last week's match, the uh, tag team match was must watch, you got to go back and watch this because once again, I'm sure we're missing something. Um, or like Kenny power bombs, uh, Sammy through like into the, the steel, like garage door, like, and then, and then Hager like runs up and slams into him. And then there was a V trigger. Like it was, it was awesome seeing Kenny in this type of match. I know we've seen him in a hardcore match with, uh, the lights off match with Moxley, but it just goes to show this guy can do any freaking style you need him to do. And he's going to do it better than probably. 99% of the world in the history of wrestling. Like
1: Yeah, he's he's um,
0: comparing this to the style of
1: wrestling from DDT and mm-hmm. in Japan. And I think it's really cool that he's bringing so many flavors with him cuz he's done everything, right? In oh, his yeah. career, he's worked basically every style and we're getting to see that play out. You know, he's done the intergender wrestling. He's done the hardcore wrestling. He's done the, you know, now bringing this kind of kooky, over-the-top DDT-style match to North America. And it's really cool to see all this stuff play out. And then, of course, you know, we know that we're going to get these, you know, five-star, six-star classics from him every now and then, you know, going back to the, the tag team championship match from Revolution. I mean, that was insane so you know it just shows how much of an asset he is even beyond what he's capable of doing but in laying out these matches and bringing all these different flavors and this variety into the show
0: well we, we, we when when we talk about sports you know you always hear about like x factors you know people who can do multiple things on the field on the rink on the 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 court And he is the ultimate professional wrestling chess piece. He can do any style you need him to do. He can tell any story you need him to. And like in a time when the company is kind of in crisis because they don't have their full roster, they can't tell the stories that they've needed to. Kenny put on great matches during the quarantine era. Um, and the first live show back, he was part of a match that stole the show. Um, so just incredible. And I, I loved that. I love the pairings. Cause I, so when, when they first announced this match, I'm like, oh man, this is going to be a lot of Kenny, a lot of Sammy. Cause you know, Matt doesn't move as well. Or at least I didn't thought he looked good. He looked really good. Yeah, He looked in killer rounds yesterday. Like Jericho was the slowest moving person in that match. I remember watching Matt Hardy six months ago, eight months ago in WWE and being like, I don't think he has it anymore. Matt looked great. Just looks like a completely different wrestler from what than what we've seen the last couple years. Also, does WWE own Twist of Fate? Because they did not use that at all when he hit those cutters. Um, um I'm no. just wondering if maybe they no. own that specific phrase. So Matt has talked
1: about that specifically because I don't I forget who did that move uh in WWE recently and they called it something different in WWE. It wasn't Matt Hardy. Um it was it was somebody else. And that popped up. Everybody saying, oh, Matt owns the rights to that. And he's like, no, he came out and said, no, it's a move. Anyone can do it and call it the twist of fate. Like you can't stop someone from doing that. So,
0: yeah, uh, just wonderful stuff. I do you have anything else to say about this match, because I we could probably talk about it till the end of time. But I. Um, <laughs> we got to move on at some point
1: (laughs) yeah yeah i mean i think we've talked enough about it 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 was fantastic i like the heels going over and i think this just did a a lot of work to rebuild the heat on the blood and guts match so whenever we get that down the line they've done a really good job of poking the fire and keeping it from going out and and continually adding more fuel to it so i'm once again, reinvested in that storyline of the elite versus the inner circle, and I don't know when we're going to get it,
0: but I'm excited. Yeah, man, you stole the you stole the words right out of my mouth. I was I was going to say how this was a nice reboot of this feud, and yeah, I can't I can't wait for when whenever blowing guts happens. So let's uh, let's move on, and we're going to probably disagree a little bit on this, but I want to talk about uh, Brody Lee. And the Dark Order, um, you know, basically saying, yeah, we're next in line. Uh, you know, we talked about last week of what we thought um, Double or Nothing was gonna be. It was, you know, we think, okay, MJF's gonna slide right back into his number one contendership with Moxley. You know, we'll hope Brody Lee finally starts to face someone legit. Um, so, hey, I was surprised. I did not expect them to put Brody Lee and the Dark Order in this position already. And I was, I was surprised in the fact that it happened. And I really enjoyed the post-match stuff here. And I really enjoyed the, um, the promo that he cut, you know, I, you know, we, we talked um, before about how we're surprised at how well he's been able to assume this speaking role when he really wasn't given that many options in the other wrestling company to do that. And, I I enjoyed this. I, I really enjoyed it. Some of the lines he said I thought were um pretty interesting. Uh the when he said to him, I'm not this I think it was like, I'm not the same man that's you've encountered before. You just oh, because they they had some matches in the other wrestling company. I remember they feuded over like the IC title um at times. And, you know, I, I kind of like that emphasis of <laughs> what you're gonna get is not what you're what you're used to. And I'm a dangerous man. And then I really enjoyed the part where he um, was like, you're the unfortunate soul that has come into in possession of something I want, something I desire. And the constantly referring to him as Mr. Moxley kind of made him sound like a Bond villain type thing. You know, I expect you to die, Mr. Bonds. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, So there are so, some things to like here. Uh, overall, like this rebranding of the Dark Order, I love it. I Mm -hmm. I really liked that the Creepers were out there in slacks and button-down shirts. And, you know, they probably aren't actual dress shoes, but they're the kind of work boots, working boots that that look more like dress shoes. And they look like classy henchmen. And I think that's much more fitting to this Brody Lee character. That being Mm said, I didn't really care for the promo itself. It felt very you know, please allow me to reintroduce myself. And I don't know that we necessarily needed that. I know that this is a character that debuted during a time when the ratings were down about 10%, you know, because COVID-19 and everything. But I don't know. It just didn't feel like, it's not like he's been off camera. So Brody's been around throughout this whole thing and his character has been developed you know all that pre-recording he was a part of so it just it felt like it didn't really move things forward very much other than to issue a challenge uh and then you know I, i didn't love moxley after getting completely and totally beaten down still kind of having the han solo witty quip at the end I loved it. Just, it. <laughs> I don't know. I think it would have been more effective. I like I liked that the people who ran out to help him were completely ineffective. Like the other members of SCU just got beaten down mm-hmm. because there's too many members of the Dark Order. I, I think overall it was a good segment. Just the promo itself it didn't work for me. So
0: anyway. one one thing I really you mentioned the rebranding of the Dark Order here. The creepers aren't small nobodies anymore. Like they have some physically impressive dudes under those masks. Now when they debuted last summer, it looked like it was like you or me, like scrawny little nobodies in those masks. Oh yeah. I get, okay. We'll we'll sell this debate later, (laughs) but, um, we're not professional wrestlers, Joel, you know, no, we're, not, no, we are we're not. not Mr. Former football player with the abs for days with the tattoo under his pack. Okay. <laughs> what I'm saying is you have a gigantic leader now and, and, um, Brody Lee, we still have the two main members of, you know, of the, the dark, Uno Order. and Grayson, but there we go. Thank you. Uno and Grayson. And then the, the minions now are, are physically imposing themselves, you know, and, Maybe the whole point is that we're not supposed to know more about number 10 and number eight, but um, the fact that they can do all that damage themselves and it actually looks legitimate. Before they were just those flaily punches that looked like they weren't going to hurt anyone. Now you have these guys who can legit overpower some of the uh, smaller wrestlers on the roster. So well,
1: I'm guessing they are using I-
0: enhancement talent from
1: the Nightmare Factory and that you're seeing some people who are kind of up-and-coming training to be pro wrestlers and you know i agree i think they they definitely look better but i think a lot of that also is because they're not wearing you know skin tight outfits anymore and you know we've we've said this before and we've seen it time and time again some people just look tougher in street clothes like yeah charlotte flair yeah and you know I think this this new look is definitely doing them a lot of favors.
0: Yeah. And, and my last real comment of this, I also like that, you know, because of COVID, they had to kind of stop that whole Christopher Daniels SEU dark order um, stuff. So I kind of like that they were the ones involved in this segment too. And it was announced next week that we are going to get Brody Lee versus Christopher Daniels. So it's nice to know that. Okay. We didn't forget about this. We're going to, there's going to be some conclusion to this. um, and it's very similar to uh Moxley with the when he was up against the the inner circle. He needed some sort of temporary allies, whether you know we agreed on that or not. And it looks like he does have some temporary allies here with SCU, because they have unfinished business with the Dark Order. Yeah, I and think I know. It, oh it, it
1: didn't make sense to me at first that we were getting this Kaz versus Mox match, mm-hmm. but then seeing the ambush after the match it made perfect sense because kaz being out there kind of closed the circle and made it make sense that the rest of scu would come out to help because you know they do have that beef with the dark order one of their guys was already out there already in the line of fire so i, I felt like that was really good continuity and it, yeah. it worked really well for me
0: and i know that this match is a stock up for you so i'm gonna go right into the match i want to talk about post-match but now let's actually go into this match that was a, a fun a fun little match here. And the creative character worked on his tan while he was quarantined. I didn't even know who that was. I, I missed the intro. Like uh-huh. I saw that on Twitter that they announced the match early. I had to like, I'm like, oh my God. Well, he, also, so he also grew some bad. hair.
1: And yeah. you know, I'm not used to seeing Kazarian with hair. He kind of looked like Josh Brolin out there. Um, with the the buzz cut so um, but I I really like Frankie Kazarian he's he's one of my favorite guys uh, from the indie scene I've watched him for for years used to watch him on impact back in the day and I I just really really like Frankie Kazarian and I think he elevates every match that he's in Uh, he's not going to be someone who's going to carry the main title in your company he's not that caliber of superstar but he's someone you can put into any match any situation and he's going to get it done he is the definition of a great hand in in pro wrestling and i thought the technical spots in this match were fantastic and i really liked that they stuck with it it wasn't just a oh let's get our amateur wrestling cred in with a handful of spots at the beginning of the match and then we'll just abandon that for the rest of it. They kept going back to those holds and throws and grapples and I just loved every minute of it.
0: Yeah, it it definitely I definitely noticed that at the beginning. You know, there's a lot of chain work, a lot of submission work. Um and that's something we we don't really see from Moxley all that much. Um and obviously I don't know much of Kaz's work outside of AEW and this was his first singles match in AEW. Um his I think I read his first singles match since twenty January of twenty nineteen, um, and it just like one of those reminders, like oh yeah, well, Scorpio Sky, great individual wrestler, Kazarian, great individual wrestler, Christopher Daniels, great individual wrestler. Um, so it was it was good to see him get that that uh, that spot here. And it, I always, whenever I think of Kazarian, I always go back to that match we saw in Ring of Honor, that strap match between him and Hangman Page. Oh my god, so, that match was brutal. Yeah. Yeah, if you can find that, um, that was best in the world. I think twenty seventeen um, sounds right Yeah, if if you if you want to look up something crazy, go watch that match. So I always have in my mind that he he has this more aggressive, physical uh, style. So it definitely was interesting to see him work something a little different tonight with Moxley. Um, and yeah, it I I definitely felt it. It kind of escalated. It, it got better and better throughout the match. Is what you want. And I haven't seen an unprettier in a while. And I love seeing uh, Kaz hit him with that. And he does it Uh, so
1: well. Like that's mm -hmm. a move, depending on how you hit it, can either look fantastic or just, you know, weak, really, really, you know,
0: like what's that going to do? And I really like the way Kaz hits it. And then the spot where Moxley jumped off of the turnbuckle to the outside of the ring and Kaz got him with like, kind of like the bro kick type thing big boot type thing
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the timing on that it looked dangerous <laughs> like like it looked explosive um the way that they pulled that spot off um so yeah i really some good good stuff here you know i i'm starting to realize that moxley's main style may not like if, if there's not like our, uh, a kind of hardcore street fight element to it. I sometimes find myself being like, okay, this is fine. Um, but then you see stuff like this tonight where I'm like, oh yeah, Moxley really can wrestle when, when they, uh, when they book it that way. So, um, and also I want to say we got one of our most likes tweets ever during my live tweeting when <laughs> um, Jr. said Moxley stuck his head in a little prematurely. <laughs> my Immature self tweeted that, and we got a bunch of likes on that. So, thank you, Jr. for for that one. Um, but yeah, it was fun. Um, I like the pairing. Uh, it, I, I agree with you. It made a lot more sense once uh, the post match stuff of why Kazarian was in this match with um, with Moxley. Uh, and yeah, I, I think we're gonna have a fun few weeks. I uh, hopefully the. It's nice seeing SCU back on TV. By the way, yeah, for sure. I miss those guys. And really, it was nice seeing a lot of people back. Like, I think that's what I loved most about this episode. Like, it's like old friends that you haven't seen in a while. It's just like, oh, my God, they're back. So any anything else about this match? I, I I feel like you still have more to say before we move on. I
1: mean, just I'll, I'll close out because I could go on and on, but I'll close out with this. Kaz has been wrestling professionally for 21 years. And he looks like he could go for another 10 or 15 years. Like he has not slowed down one bit. He's in incredible shape. And I'm just blown away every time he gets in the ring and everything he does looks good. He doesn't do anything that doesn't look good. And I I was really excited to see this match and I felt like it delivered.
0: Yeah. Good, good use of the talent here. And let's move on to something that I think we were both going to agree with. Um, uh, Jake Roberts snake, man. Um, I, I was uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable. And I know that's the point, but, oh man, I just, I think there's like multiple different kinds of uncomfortable,
1: right? So there's, there's uncomfortable because, the hero the character that you're supposed to be sympathizing with is imperiled and you know the bad guys are winning and it's you know this person's really evil and and you know whatever right and then there's this just odd weird like snake business and like I wasn't uncomfortable because of necessarily what was happening to Brandy, although that was part of it, but it also just feels weird to be, you know, doing that, having a snake in the middle of the ring in 2020. Like, do we need to be putting snakes through that? And I I just, I don't know. Like it was effective. It worked like, but it just didn't feel necessary. And, I don't know. I think I I don't think that we necessarily needed to see that. And it was really oddly sexual, which
0: like, I don't know. It just. Yeah. That's the part that really did it. That's the part I didn't like. Like if you want to put the snake on her, damn, that's scary as shit. That's that's enough to get Cody really mad. I get it. But when he like was over her and he like thrust his old ass hips. Like one, ew. Um, two, too rapey for my taste, and three, Jake, you're gonna hurt yourself. Get your ass off the floor. Like, it that that's the part that put it over for me, where I was like, I don't, I don't know if I like this anymore. And, you know, I I also don't like snakes. Like, I am terrified of snakes. I would push my grandmother over if a snake was coming towards us. Like, I hate snakes that much. Um, so. I was already skeeved out at this thing and it was like watching fear factor. You're like, Oh, don't do it. Oh no. And the snakes on her face and on her all over. And then I'm like, okay, this is fine. It feels like it's from the nineties
1: where, you know, obviously Brandy is a high ranking executive within Mm -hmm. the company. So, you know, she has sign off on all this stuff. Oh yeah. And Jake, is a peripheral character. He's, you know, he's not in-ring talent. He's a manager for one of their, you know, newest signees to the company. So I do take some comfort in that whatever happened is something that she's okay with. But still, it's like, what what is the image and the message that you want to send by having this segment where it's like got these just kind of gross rapey vibes like you said and you know it also like i'm I'm glad that the segment ended without someone like coming out to save the day like it's so rare to not have a run-in in that spot uh, so i did like that but at the same time with this specific instance it felt really gross that it just ended like that So,
0: yeah. And I, I, my guess is that they probably didn't want people rushing the ring with a live snake. Like, yeah, absolutely. There's gotta be a lot of safety precautions to make sure that snake and I'm sure, you know, this, this snake's probably trained and probably is defanged and stuff, but there's still a lot that could go wrong. I'm sure there's some PETA stuff there too. Um, and yeah, it, it felt weird. And I, they made a point to say, Oh, they have to take the golf carts from the locker rooms to get here. So that's why Cody's not out here in time. Um, And one thing that I didn't really like about it, and it has nothing to do with the the skeeviness of it, is for without Jake being on the show the last few weeks, we've gotten promos from him, which have done a great job of putting uh, the murder hawk over. It just seemed like all the work the last three, four weeks to make the murder hawk into this dominant physical force just kind of got pushed on the wayside for whatever fucked up thing Jake had in his... Head and you know, from a story kayfabe perspective. So um I kind of it feels like the the shift is no longer gonna be murder Hawk versus Cody in this feud. It's now kind of shifted to primarily, you know, Jake Roberts feud with Cody, which maybe that's the way it was set up from the beginning, and I just didn't look at it that way. Um, but I feel like it, it kind of took some of the importance off of Lance Archer here.
1: Well, I don't think we necessarily need to linger on this topic any longer. And You know, I I still have kind of mixed feelings about the segment because like setting all of my reservations aside, I thought it was a really good segment. It just was uncomfortable.
0: And yeah, and it's it's one of those things like, you know, when AEW was announced, they were talking about how they were going to be a different type of product than what we're used to. And for the most part, most of the things that have been different have been the match quality and kind of the hardcore nature uh and you know blood and stuff like that this was kind of the first thing that they've done that has felt a little like attitude error-esque you know in terms of that's definitely edgier what yeah definitely edgier and you know i don't know if i've necessarily want my wrestling to be that type of edgy um i personally have loved the hardcore matches they've been able to provide i've even love some of the blood spots, even though it's like a lot of blood. Um, so and like the main event was you don't see that in the other company. That was an edgy main event based off of the spots they were doing and the violence. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe not the way that we we need to do edginess in in wrestling anymore. But we'll see where it goes. And I think because it you it, know, it was effective. You're right. It wasn't effective.
1: I, I, I'm also reminded of there was a, I think it was in the second season of Lucha Underground. There's a whole plot line around Marty, the moth Martinez, who's this kind of creepy guy uh, being infatuated with Melissa Santos, who is the ring announcer. And it didn't bother me that they were doing that because Lucha Underground was set in such a fictionalized world and so it's like just telling mm-hmm. a story like telling any other story. Whereas AEW has a more real presentation. So it, it feels a little bit more visceral. And mm. I, I think that's one of the reasons why this segment bothered me more than, you know, seeing something like that depicted in a movie or a TV show or, you know, even though it's still scripted, you know, it, it just, it's that weird, you know, dividing line of of where it feels different. So, I don't know. Uh but I think we spent enough time on this. I think we can move on unless you have any else anything else that you you want to say about this.
0: No, I'm I'm good. I think we're ready for lightning round. Lightning round. All right, what do you got for me, buddy? So, I really
1: liked the interview segment with uh, Darby and Taz. Uh, It was short and it was, you know, I I just thought it was so funny when he's like, uh, you know, I understand where you're coming from. Uh, You pinned yourself (laughs) and Darby just looks at him like staring daggers and walks away like, no, I don't want your help. Like it just I felt like it did a lot to get both of them over. And because, mm-hmm. you know, Taz got to have a funny line and remind everybody that he's a wrestling legend himself and that he's got a lot to offer um, in kind of a manager role. But then also Darby not accepting his help, I think, fits in perfectly with the character
0: that he's been portraying and just makes him seem even cooler. I have nothing else to really say that that was pretty, pretty good, pretty funny. Um, and Taz like, I I can help you you want some help like it just it just like yeah. he does that, like that so sad happy thing really well yeah I, I was like don't I, you dare hurt Taz Darby Taz is a saint
1: so I was reminded know, was, of a time when uh, Taz was being verbally abused by Jerry Lawler on an episode of Smackdown back in the day and he just got this really sad expression on his face and it's like uh, he's instantly sympathetic so he, he's got that down pat
0: well, when you when you really focus on extremely crappy wrestling, like you deserve all the shit you're going to get. I'm with Lawler. I'm kidding. Fuck that. Um, my item for uh lightning round this week is I just love seeing the gang back together, man. Like it was great hearing JR and Excalibur on commentary. Like I missed I missed those guys. It was great seeing Nyla Rose back and you know, we kind of are going to have some surprises over the next few weeks because, you know, we don't know which wrestlers are now going to be traveling to and from the show. When we had the two months of the the six weeks of taped episodes, we saw a lot of the same people every week, which of course they had to do what they had to do. And it worked. They were very good shows and very good wrestling. But just to kind of have the anything can happen vibe back, anyone can show up was really, really refreshing.
1: Definitely. I really enjoyed that as well. And um I, I'm gonna transition into what I had next on on Lightning Round because it's related, which is we got Joey Janella back. And that oh, opening match between Cody and Joey Janela, I thought was fantastic. There's an element to Janela's working style that he always seems just a little bit out of control. Like mm-hmm. It's like everything he's doing, he's doing for the very first time and has never done it before. Uh, And I really like that because it just creates a sense of, of chaos and an anything can happen sort of vibe to his work. And seeing him in there with someone like Cody, who is, you know, draws on his amateur wrestling background and uses a lot of strikes. And, you know, I think it just elevates him to be with someone whose style is dramatically different and we saw some really cool spots in this match cody hit a top rope cody cutter which i think is the first time we've yes. seen that that was a really cool spot and it looked great mm-hmm. so i mean i just thought this was a really fun match and i was glad to have joey janella back
0: yeah me too i missed the bad boy and yeah this this match was great um i really liked there was one spot where like Cody jumped off, like sprung out off the ropes and Janetta caught him and gave him a German suplex, which a, the strength to catch someone Cody size in midair. And then to pull that move off, um, was really, really good. And then I liked the spot outside of the ring where Cody, um, did the disaster kick off the ropes on the ramp and then did a moonsault off of the stage. And even that moonsault wasn't as clean as the ones we've seen from him. So it kind of falls into that Janela like, I'm just winging it. And Cody kind of did the same thing there with that move. Um, And yeah, just really good uh, chemistry between these guys. And we had that weird ass power slam that we're not going to give an Orton scale rating to because he basically like caught him (laughs) and then did it Um, like it kind of looked like the end of a jackhammer type of type of slam there. So no Orton scale for you this week. But I thought that was a really cool, really cool spot.
1: Yeah, just a great match um, overall. What else have you got?
0: Uh, that, that little promo about the women's division. Yeah, it I was going to bring like that up. Had, that, that was great. Yeah, it had like an NFL Films vibe to it. You know, like, welcome to Soldier Field. And like, it just felt very professionally done, kind of more of that sport vibe to it. Um, and I thought it did a really good job to remind us we have all these contenders right now and I liked how they went through each of them. Britt Baker, the scourge of the locker room, Sheeta, number one in the rankings, seven and one, not if, but when, and then just like the highlight of Penelope Ford there. Um, like I, and then just Nyla Rose being back, you know, it's, we, we kind of didn't have as much women's wrestling over the last six weeks. You know, it's the first couple episodes had a lot of it with Sheeta and Baker and stuff like that, but the, maybe last two or three episodes didn't really have much of a women's presence. Um, so, for that to get highlighted and to remind us, "Oh yeah, this is what's going on in this division, and I feel like now we have four or five legit stars who can really work at the moment, and that's exciting,
1: yeah, and I think that promo was part of a larger effort on this episode, which I felt was very successful to bring everyone up to speed if they weren't watching the pre taped episodes because yep. we also got on this episode uh you know prominent Sean Spears placement and Sean Spears was a huge part of the quarantine recordings and quarantine, you know, we got QT Marshall got to wrestle in a match and, you know, this continuation of the people who had been featured being put in these spots. And I hope that some of these people who were there, like Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford, I hope that we continue to see, them be elevated and get more opportunities on the main show so uh, but I, I really liked the sean spears promo i thought it was great and yes yes i'm i'm excited to see what they do with him because he's a great talent and yeah. I, I just i love everything that he does and i i love his his new persona that he's taken on of just referring to himself as being like really good at wrestling it, it it's sammy Zayn did a similar thing a couple of years ago and I loved it then. And I think uh, Sean Spears is doing a, a really good job of it. So because it, it's almost yeah, like I like you should already know this kind of vibe to it. Like, yeah, of course, I'm good at this.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I, I, what I, I, I just love great. that that video. I love that video. Like when he near the end, all you had to do. like uh, Sorry, Cody, you alone could have stopped the onslaught. All you had to do was stone the, t- the towel in. You decided not to. Why? <laughs> is it because you're selfish, or is it you alone can carry the Rhodes legacy? Dustin's career is over. As a brother, I don't think I could live with that. But you, Cody, I think you have proven that you can. Damn! Damn! Yeah, damn! Damn! Shit. Good work there. Like that. The, them fighting words. Like, like it's like Sean Spears is like his 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 Lex Luthor. While Cody's Superman and Luthor just has to constantly remind him. By the way, I'm your archenemy, not not these other guys. It's me. It's me, Sean Spears. Don't forget, I'm your archenemy. <laughs> like I just <laughs> like it just seemed so out of nowhere. Like I know they had their match a few weeks ago, so why would Sean Spears just obliterate Cody like that? But it was fantastic, and just his delivery, I thought was was incredible. So yeah, I was gonna bring that up too if you didn't. All right, wow, that, that was a fast lightning round, Joel. So why don't, we, uh, why don't we move on here to Joel's random observation of the week. Joel's random observation of the week.
1: All right, so I don't know how much attention you were paying to the backstage area when we were in the main event, uh, but there was a lot of interesting stuff to see. Uh, First off, lots of ads for Corona, uh, which was just kind of funny. Um, (laughs) But the main thing I wanted to point out is I really hope that Daily's Place is fully open and up and running on September 4th. Because I would hate for the good people of Jacksonville to miss out on the concert of a lifetime journey featuring special guest Europe. I mean, wow. The final countdown and Don't Stop believing in one night? Are you kidding me? Did Did you
0: look that up or did you see Sorry, it on a poster in the
1: background? Foreigner. Not Journey. Foreigner. <laughs> yes, there was a poster on the wall. And I, I looked and it just, you know, in big letters it said Foreigner. And then underneath that it said Special Guest Europe. And I was like, this is fantastic. So, yeah. All right. Not Journey. My bad. Foreigner.
0: Well, that would be a hell of a show not to be able to see. So I know the good I just people really Jacksonville. Hope. Yeah, they deserve that. September like 4th, it's a of ways finals. off.
1: But, you know. There is a chance.
0: Know, if there is ever a motivation to find a vaccine, there is one now, guys. We got to save this concert. concert. Got to save the concert. Save the rich, as weird. I would say so. um. <laughs> cool, man. I did not notice that. Uh, that is random and an observation, so that fits fits the bill. <laughs>
1: well, I'm, I'm glad um, that I, I meet your high standards.
0: Yeah. Full disclosure, uh, we had some audio issues, so we had to come back and record this. And now I know why Joel was so eager to still record the end of the show, because he wanted to talk about Journey and far I don't even remember the bands anymore. Europe. Foreigner and Europe. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Kind of funny that those two are together. Europe. Foreigner and Europe. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. It's it's something. So on that note, uh, Joel, we actually have a card to talk about for next week. So we've been kind of skipping this because there hasn't really been much announcements on the episodes of what was going to be aired. So let me run through the card for next week. We are going to have Brody Lee versus Christopher Daniels. MJF is back in action next week. We're gonna have a fun tag match between the Jurassic Express the Jurassic Express ugh, Jurassic Express and the Best Friends. We are gonna have a fate of four way in the women's division between Sheeta, Penelope Ford, Britt Baker, and Chris Statlander, which should be incredibly fun. Chris Jericho will also be in action next week. Jake Roberts and the Murderhawk respond to their actions from this week's episode of Dynamite. And then we're gonna have Santana and Ortiz versus Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega, or I like to call them the Broken Angels. Um, And that should be your main event. So Joel, what do you think about the card next week? Pretty, pretty freaking stacked.
1: Yeah, they're definitely bringing the heat. And I think now that they've got everybody back and everybody's well rested and ready to go, we're going to see some really good stuff between Dynamite and Dark over the next several weeks leading up to the May 23rd pay-per-view.
0: Yeah, it seems like they're following the same thing they did prior to Revolution. The last month before Revolution was just <laughs> insane. <laughs> Five star matches every single week. So, um, but yeah, uh, we'll do some house cleaning and then, you know, Joel, we'll get out of here and I can try my new mattress out. So, uh, you can follow us on Facebook at The Other Wrestling Show, on Instagram at The Other Wrestling Show, and on Twitter at OWS underscore pod. You can email us at The Other Wrestling Show at gmail.com. You can follow Joel at the other Joel. You can follow me at Michael underscore Aranda on Twitter. And I don't remember if I have anything else. I've done this a thousand times. And Joel, what's up? <laughs> Any anything to add before we get out of here?
1: If you like the show, support the show. Tell a friend. Keep listening. We really appreciate you, and uh, we'll be excited to bring you more every week. Remember, everybody, life's a work. Duck the clothesline, and happy wrestling.